Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful host, Joel McDonald, that is me, and as always, my very, very good friend, Karen Morrison. How you doing, man? Uh, gloriously. Lovely. Good to hear. I love it. So, uh, it's been a bit of, bit of, bit of a busy week. News, yeah. we're starting to, we're out of that E3 slump now, we're starting to come on the upswing of like lots of releases and uh, oh, The releases yeah. are about to start, well they, they sort of have already started thick and fast Yeah, just well, sort of tumbles you, down from here If you count the uh, the uh, PlayStation sales and other oh sales as well, I'm pretty sure like Gog recently had a sale and Humble just had a sale, it's just yeah, it's, it's nuts It's nuts <laughs> I but, only uh, have so much time Yeah, and money um, Get me too <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, very limited on both, but um, cool. We've got a pretty jam-packed episode today, so I think we should probably swing straight into it. Sounds so, good. what have you been playing, Kyron? What have I been playing? Well, yeah. so I've been playing two games, but mm-hmm. again, the second one we'll sort of team up on. Yeah. So, I've also been playing a game that was a part of my top 10 most anticipated for the second half of the year a couple of weeks fantastic, back fantastic fantastic in the form of sundered by right. thunder lotus who you may recognize if you played the other game Jotun or Jotun, however you pronounce it uh their their shtick is basically gorgeous sort of hand drawn games that just ah oh, they joel it looks so good yeah i was watching today <laughs> um I was watching uh, the Dude Soup podcast from Funhouse, um, and they were playing. That they always play a game generally, or have videos playing while they're talking. Um, and the game they were playing today was um, was Sundered, and I, so I, I saw it in action. And yeah, damn, it looks good. It is, <laughs> it is slick. But to to summarize it, if you want to if you want to pack it into a genre box, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it when I mentioned this when I was talking about it on my list. But it is essentially like an action shooter so not really shooter but action hack and slash uh metroidvania right okay so i mean obviously if you if you pen your if you put yourself up and go hey i'm a metroidvania i'm probably gonna give you a look in because i i love that genre yep yep no for sure uh the the thing this one sort of brings to the table is it has a certain element of randomness to it okay so to to give you an idea of what that means is the, the map is sort of laid out. There are set rooms and set places and then there are just sort of like rectangles that connect them. And inside those rectangles, like different rooms will spawn that sort of interconnect and will take you through this, like the areas. And I'm pretty sure they change on death, but they definitely change if you leave. Cause there are three zones I've found so far from the main hub area. And right. So one of the biggest issues, and this I think it's because of this very element, is there are some load times. <laughs> yep, okay. Because when you go to an area for the first time in that session, it basically needs to create it, I think. Yep. So yep. you sometimes have a solid 30 seconds or so of loading, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, but yeah. as, as long as you keep going to that same zone, not an issue. But then if you change zones, it has to do another big load to sort of like unpack it all, I think. Like- populate the map yeah yeah so that's sort of a i'm not sure if that's strictly to blame for the random element of it because i mean even though it claims to be random the the pieces that sort of slots into place aren't really that varied ultimately okay Uh, which again isn't terrible because the biggest concern i originally had was i don't think the world 
really wants a completely randomly generated Metroidvania. Like, right. Yeah, I, I don't think, like, I'm all for, like, procedurally generated stuff in general, but, um, yeah, I think the Metroidvania genre is probably not the best for it, yeah, especially if you're going to make it, because about... it, it's, yeah. Metroidvania is a, you know, you're going to be doing backtracking, and right. you're going to want to use your memory when you're backtracking to remember particular points to go to and all that. Right. Uh, now, this sort of alleviates that because, yeah, sure, like, chunks are randomly generated, but if you open a map, if there is a particular room you need an ability to get through, it'll have, like, a yellow padlock on it. Uh, if it's a okay. boss room, it'll have, like, a red symbol on it, item, like, ability rooms and all that sort of stuff. So there are logos on the map to sort of make it a bit easier. Okay. But, I don't know, the map is pretty big, and open, opening it up a lot was kind of tedious occasionally to be like to make sure i'm going the right way right okay uh but like um, in general the exploration has been pretty pretty fun uh, yep the combat itself is very hack and slash like yep. you, you'll be button mashing a lot <laughs> okay yep but in those games i don't mind that is, if it is how does it feel though does it feel good to I do think, it i think it feels good i have a lot of fun like original at the start when i was sort of so Thunder's one of those games where the first hour or so are going to be a slog, which okay. is it makes it a hard sell immediately, especially in a day and age like we are in now, where there are so many good games. Yeah, uh, and it it did take about an hour or so before I was like, "All right, cool. I think I've I've gotten some tools and I can actually handle myself now pretty well." Right, uh, but this, the the areas have you know each zone has its own set of enemies it pulls from. There's a bit of variety in each area, but I think, like, max, maybe there's five or six enemies okay. you generally be running into. Occasionally, there'll be, like, ones and twos, but if you hear, like, a sound in the background, it'll spawn a horde. And right. a horde is basically where the game just throws enemies at you until you can <laughs> carve your way through them and either succeed or you die and go back to the hard point in the center. Because, right. again, as a sort of, like, roguelike, I guess, sort of game... Your progress yep. resets upon death. So if you're halfway to a boss and you die and go right to the start, back you go. There's no checkpoint along yep. the way. So you've got to be careful. And the hordes sort of add an, uh, an aspect of survival to the game. Because if you hear yep. that sound, you're like, oh, please, no. I'm so close. Yep. <laughs> the boss room's right there. And you have like limited uh, potions, essentially, that you can use to heal yourself. And Okay. So you really want to save those for boss fights, and the right. horde can be overwhelming, which it is intended to be, I assume. Yeah. Does it lock down the room when a horde happens? Okay, or? so no, you can flee. Okay. If you're feeling, uh, if you're feeling confident, because again, the horde will chase you. It okay. won't just be like, oh, okay, off goes off goes the protagonist. I guess we'll just stay here. It'll it'll sort of pursue you along the way, and. In the earlier zones, you could you can outrun hordes. You're like, yeah, whatever. But by the time I got to the third zone, the enemies have some really interesting traversal that they can keep up with, keep up with you pretty competently, and then right. wreck your shit when they just outnumber you. Which is again, <laughs> it you have to make the choice. You're gonna either fight or run, and sometimes running is honestly the better idea. Especially yeah. if you're close to a boss, you're like, well, I may as well just sprint for the boss room. So they don't follow you in there? 
uh, in, next so session. this game has mini bosses, obviously, and big bosses. Mini bosses, right. from what I've encountered, usually have their own pool of enemies in their areas. Okay. Yep. Uh, but the big bosses, no. Like the the large bosses are their own event, separate room. No enemies will follow you in there. Okay. Cool. Again, the, the very first boss can spawn enemies, but you'll 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 get okay at dealing with them. I want to just do to take a second to say that the, the the large bosses, the main bosses, are pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, you may have seen them in a couple of trailers if you've watched any. Uh, I fought a, I don't know if I, was, I guess it's not really spoilers. I fought a cool like a huge guy in a seat who attacked with like fists that punch through portals and just pummeling oh, you. Oh, that's cool. I mean, the second guy I fought was like this huge mechanical like spider like ghoul boss. He was That's... he was huge. Like the camera zoomed out really far, so much so that I was sometimes just like, "Where am I?" And like sort of <laughs> squinting a bit. Oh, there I am. Oh, I'm dead. Yep, I'm yep. dead. Excellent, excellent. There's my corpse. Awesome, <laughs> fantastic. Yep, cool. Back to the hub I go. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm, I'm about like a good twelve hours into it or so. Okay. I it's it should have taken me less time, but I just get lost and die to the hordes because they right. are just overwhelming so in in true metroidvania style you do pick up abilities along the way that sort of help you with traversal there's like the double jump there's a wall run there is okay. like a dash and all that sort of stuff and also as you're going through the game you collect these crystal shards and mm-hmm. if you collect a full, like i think it's three crystal shards makes a full crystal if you have a crystal you have two options Okay. You can take it to a specific area and burn it, which is sort right. of like... It's a game about choice in a way as well, because you can either okay. choose that option, which is considered the good option, to burn the crystal and you get a bunch of experience points and you can go and level up a skill tree and you'll generally get pretty strong by doing it that way. Right. The other option is you can take it to one of the ability shrines where you picked up particular abilities and it will corrupt that ability on you. Oh. And sort of change how that ability behaves okay yeah so the best examples i can really think of because again i've only managed to corrupt a handful of abilities so far uh if you corrupt your double jump ability you will get a glide at the end of it which is pretty handy for traversal and stuff that's awesome and you have like a charge attack where if you hold a direction and like the attack button your character charges like uppercuts and punches and all that and if you corrupt that, like it gets turned incredibly powerful, and it's very right. useful for some of those insane uh, horde fights. Right. Uh, but again, a game seems to the game seems to build towards a good or a bad ending as you corrupt okay. or burn the crystals, because the the voice that's sort of narrating the adventure is sort of like, "Hey, yeah, you should corrupt yourself with these crystals." And if you burn them, he's like, "Wow, man, you suck." Crystals are how you're going to survive this. Make yourself powerful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, man. Sure. Judging me Um, a bit there. It seems to me uh, kind of similar. Not that I played much of it, but kind of similar to Prey in the fact that, like, you know, you've got access to these different options, but one will make you stronger some way, but it will also be detrimental in other ways. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, sort of like that. Yeah, like... You basically choose. Uh, yeah. The more you corrupt yourself, the less humanity you will have left. 
Uh, but again, if you choose to burn the crystals, you get a significant XP gain from that, and that allows you to really fully explore the, the like, uh, skill tree, which is pretty extensive. That's awesome. And, like, as you level up, things can start getting pretty expensive, and having a lot of experience helps. Because I've been corrupting myself a lot. <laughs> I, right. I am not as far down the skill tree as I probably would like to be. So I, having, like, sometimes running into a, a, a bad batch of enemies will thoroughly wreck my shop and i will be embarrassed after that but right like yeah like the game is it's gorgeous the random element i don't know if it is needed i think it could have been fine if they just like designed a map which is right it seems is it seem if it feels a bit gimmicky yeah, almost like it, yeah like i I appreciate that I've looked at the Metroidvania genre and gone, okay, like, there are so many Metroidvanias out at the moment. What can we do to sort of put our own spin on it? And I do applaud them yeah. for that. It's, it's an interesting idea, but I don't know that it's entirely worked. Having said that, right. I'm really enjoying the game. It looks gorgeous. I feel like it plays really well after you get a couple of hours in and sort of pick up a few of those abilities and the yep. bosses are spectacular and the music is subtle but really nice that's always yeah. nice though like especially in a game like like i guess like a metrovania where they're sort of going for that kind of isolation yeah, kind of vibe it's definitely good atmospheric music right yeah uh, but yeah um i'm definitely happy i picked it up and i hope that i'm one day good enough to finish it because this third zone i'm in right now is it's rough the enemies are hard and I suck. <laughs> and when I hear that that horde horn or horde bell or horde alarm, I kind of get a little scared. Uh, but yeah, so that's Sundered. I, I like it, and I recommend it if you're curious. Look it up, check it out, try and track down some videos, and Thunder Lotus, keep making gorgeous games like this. I love it so much. I just love it. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, so since we're teaming up on the second game, Joel, what do you, why don't you tell me what you've been playing other than that and the little little bonus nugget we've got. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I haven't really played... I, I played a little bit more near Automata. I finished my first playthrough. Um, I started mark? my second... Yeah, yeah. I played... I started my second playthrough. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I like it, though. Um, I see what you mean, though, about the second weapon thing. I really miss um, that second weapon. Yeah, like I do as well, but I like what replaces it. I really, I, it's a lot of fun because it's a it's a thing that I kind of like doing without giving anything away. It's, a, it's something I like doing anyway. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, like it is fun. I've done it a lot now, and I feel like I've mm. seen all it's got. But again, maybe it'll change. Yeah. Like as I get, because I'm I'm doing a lot of the side quests in this one as well, <laughs> and right. So I'm seeing it a lot more than I think I would do if I'd done a lot of this stuff as 2B. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I only saw it like once in my 2B run. Yeah, exactly. But I'm seeing yeah, I've seen it a lot now. Yeah, so apart from that, um today I bought or well, last night actually, by the time it fucking downloaded because the PSN infrastructure is garbage for yep. downloading games. Um uh I played Strafe again. I bought it again on PS4. Um it's strafe still. Uh, good. It's good to know that it's not some other game pretending to be strafe. That's important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd pull the pull the wool over our eyes like that because they seem like the kind of guys that do that. But um, yeah, apart from like you were saying before about procedurally generated things having load times, 
Um, obviously, strafe is procedurally generated as well. So, um, in between levels, there is like there is a loading screen that I didn't even see in in the PC version, and that was running on my laptop. Um, obviously, it runs a fair bit smoother. Uh, actually, a lot smoother, but it's still not amazing. Uh, at some points, it's really, really great. It's really fast. Other points, it it's a slightly sluggish, not 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 too detrimental. Um, so, but I, so the, yeah. the performance has been okay mostly. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's been really good, apart from those loading times. Yeah, apart, yeah. it's fine. Um, I, I did begin to bring it up actually, awful. but uh, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I do need to mention oh. that Sundered has a bit of an issue of crashing. Oh, okay. So, again, it it has it happened. Sometimes it'll, I'll go to sessions where it's no issue. Other times I'll have a session where I can have two or three crashes sometimes. They are patching it, right. though, so hopefully they'll fix it up soon. But yeah, I, I really feel like I should bring that up as well. And So I, yeah. I, I nuzzled, nuzzled into your strafe time just to bring that up. Oh, totally fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think because it's been out for a little while on PS4 because it came out the same time as the PC version. So I think they've probably okay. ironed out most of the bugs, um, apart from those loading times, which are obviously probably hard to yeah especially on a console to get around. as well yeah i and like i'm i'm not it's, it's not a strike against the game or anything oh. like that um it is a lot harder to play with a controller is it uh it is well it because it's a first person shooter like it's yeah but is it, it it looks sort of like one of the the, the cool like doom slash quake ones yeah it, it is but also like more so quake Oh, probably okay. quake 3 arena yep. oh, so okay. like that yeah so because it, it's very fast so you, you've got to be constantly moving um for the most part you can get around i've i had a i had a, a, run, a couple of runs today where i like when you, you there's certain enemy types that you can snipe sort of depending on what weapon you've got um but yeah i i think i felt myself getting a little bit better um playing it i got to i think the furthest i've gotten in the game which is into the third zone, which I think is just before the first, I'm assuming, boss fight. So um, you say it's quick and you've been, you feel like you've been getting better. How does this compare speed wise to when, when you played uh, Doom on PS4? Cause that game itself was pretty quick, but it also ramped up at a nice speed where you got a hang of it as it was throwing worse enemies at you. So it got to the end and you were always moving and jumping and punching and shooting and running, yeah. but it felt um, like it was, it was okay. Yeah, look, it's it's obviously a lot more limited in the way that your that, that combat works. It's basically yeah. just shooting. Um, that's the way so, that you deal. You don't have a melee. You don't have anything like that. Okay. Um, no, no, like, is there a jump? Oh, yeah, there's a jump button. Okay. So you can jump around. So you can sort of, like, back yourself into a corner, and if you get overwhelmed, you can, like, jump, like, vault over enemies, basically. Okay. Um, right. You can, you, you've got enough jump to it, and it's, very, it's a very floaty kind of jump, very much like those, like, classic um, shooters. Uh... But yeah, it's good. It's it's the same. Um, I was reading about it today, and apparently there's a lot more to this game. Not a lot more. There's four zones. I've only ever seen the first zone because it's 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 not an easy game. It is very hard. Um, it's very punishing. Um, before you know it, you can lose most of your shield and some of your health before you've even like left the first area, and you're like, well, this is not going to go well. But Sometimes um, you've, got to, you, you've got to call a run and be like, nope, this is a wipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, but the thing is, though, with those runs, that's when I start getting reckless, and then the reckless times I start doing better. 
because I'm not thinking about it so much. Oh, it's a gamble, Joel. It is, yeah. So, like, I mean, if I start going, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever, and then I'm like, oh, shit, I'm all, I've, I've gotten further than I've gotten before. So, um, but no, it's good. I, I, it, it, it's great. It's like, for the, the $18 I paid for it on PS4, it's good. Um, I, I don't regret it. And it'll be a game that, like, I'll be, I'll be like, oh, I've got a couple of hours to kill. I'll just jump in and play around a strafe, like, and just play a few, play through a few times, which I have found on the PC was the same thing. It's just a fun game to jump into, play for a little bit, and then jump out. It's almost like a palate cleanser, even. Like, where it's like, yeah, I've been at work all day. My brain's, I'm like completely brain fucked. I just, I can't focus on something like Nia, where I've got to, like, I want to follow the story and I want to listen to what's going on and trying to figure out, piece it together, everything. Um, I can just, it's, you're stranded on this ship, go and kill everything. That's it. Like, um, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, but apart from that, the game that I, I wanted to talk about mostly uh, that I've played a fair bit of this week that's relatively new uh, is Galaxy of Pen and Paper. Now, I mentioned it last week very briefly, and I said I'd, I'd report back with my findings. I have played a fair bit of it, uh, not as much as I probably would like to have, um, just because my phone's been dying because <laughs> I've been playing it a lot. Um, that's the main the main issue with it. Uh, that's going to cause problems. Not, yeah, it's not the game's fault. Uh, but So, Galaxy of Pen and Paper is, uh, I guess, a pseudo-sequel to another game called Knights of Pen and Paper by Behold Studios, um, who are known for that. Uh, and also other games, a couple other games I've never really heard of, but the one, the other game you might have heard of is called Chroma Squad, um, oh. which is, yeah, the turn-based uh, strategy game that's like a playable... Power Rangers TV show, essentially. I want to play it on um, PS4 now it's on it, but I haven't had yeah. time. <laughs> I tried to play it on PC, and I, I don't know if I was in the mood for it, and I ended up, like, getting a refund on it. But, um, yeah, I want to play it again on PS4. It's I that That is a game, if it came to the Switch, I would lap it up, I think. just it's it would be amazing on the Switch. Um, actually, I think it's on mobile now as well. Um, but, yeah, so they made Chroma Squad. They made uh, Knights of Pen and Paper which is one of the only games, if not the only mobile game that I've ever finished. Um, it's not just a mobile game. It's on PC as well. Uh, plus one and the basic set... Yeah, so the Plus One Edition's on PC. I think they updated the um, the original one to be the Plus One, like the mobile one yeah. to be the Plus One one as well. Because um, they, they added like DLC and extra areas and stuff to it as well. Um so, Galaxy of Pen and Paper is sort of a pseudo-sequel to that. Uh, and the basic setup is that you're playing a tabletop RPG. Um, and you have a, a, a dungeon master or a game master in this in, in the case of Galaxy of Pen and Paper. Um, or I guess you could call him a Galaxy Master if you wanted to as well. But um, so that's a, That is a heavy title to wear, though. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's the Galaxy of Pen and Paper. Um, so, in the first one, you're all sitting around a table playing. Uh, in this one, in Galaxy of Pen and Paper, you're basically talking over like holographic Skype. Um, so like everyone's being patched in. Um, I'm probably going to compare the both of them because it's it, there, there are some noticeable differences between the two games just in the way that they lay them out. Um, so yeah, the basic premise is you're sitting around a table or over Skype, whatever, uh, and you're playing this RPG that your, your dungeon master is laying out for you. Um, and as that, as he starts laying things out, the, the, um, the background will change and you'll see like the characters interacting as their characters in that space. Um, it's very limited animations and things like that because it's all very, it's a, like an 8-bit art style, which 
from looking at the other games as well, like obviously Chroma Squad, um, and the other games that I'm just looking at now of theirs, it's um that's kind of their style, but they do it really well. Their art, their pixel art is really really good. Um, I really really like. It's very visually appealing. Lots very colorful. Lots of bright colors. Um, yeah, well, the first game was gorgeous. Mm, yeah, it was. It was awesome, and that was one of the best parts of the game. It was just a, a nice all round package. Um, but yeah, and so you, you go on quests, and there's an overall story quest, and then you've got side quests, and all that sort of stuff. There's leveling up, there's abilities, there's all those sorts of things. Um, in Galaxy of Pen and Paper, uh, in terms of the way that you assemble your party, you only start off with two members. Whereas in Galaxy of uh, Knights of Pen and Paper, you could have as many as you want from the get go. You could have a full team of five or four. You could scale back and only have three, and then add them in later. Um, this one. Without giving away too much, they they come to you in the story. So at certain points, you'll get a new party member, and then you create their character, and then um, they join your party. So at the moment, I've got three party members. Um, I've named I've named them all after our our uh, Dungeons and Dragons group, <laughs> our um, the actual people. So uh, Ben is our, is the the GM in my game, um, which is really kind of fun. Uh, I mean, there's a point where you get like a in one of the ships that you have, um, you get like a like an artificial intelligence that runs the ship and it asks to give it a name. So I called it Arnold after uh, Brod's cat. Um, and I thought that that makes sense because Arnold always tries to to jump up on the table and join in with our D and D antics. Um, but yeah, and it's basically like you know revolves around like you know dice combat and things like that. Um, the story, it's, it's really well written. They're always really well written. They're really funny. They're, there's a lot of pop culture references in there. Um, they're, they're, like, they reference things like about like metagaming and trying to keep focused and stuff, which hit home a little too close to home um, <laughs> in terms of our group. But, uh, but yeah, it's really fun while I've played of it so far. Um, basically, the way the quests work in this is I, I can't remember how they worked in the first one. I, I think you just got set quests. Basically, this one has like a quest generator, so it'll come up and say when you've got a new like like campaign quest, it'll say campaign quest, and you generate that one, you do it. Um, but then, if you want to do an escort mission, you can just generate one of them and do that to get some XP. You could do uh, escort missions. There's uh, intercept missions. There's uh, like transportation missions, convoy missions. I think they're called. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of different types of missions that you get and you unlock as you're going along as well. So I think. Whereas Knights of Pen and Paper, they just sort of gave you most of the tools from the get-go and said, go nuts, uh, which could be a little overwhelming. This one, they're sort of like drip-feeding it out a little bit more. Um, so I guess if you were new to this sort of style of game, you'd probably benefit from it a lot more. But at first I was like, oh, why can't I put more party members in? Or what? Why can't? I, why am I having to make my own quests? But um, I've got yeah, some, sometimes it's a scale back game feels weird. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're so familiar with like the original. Um, with freedom, I guess. exactly. Yeah, it's uh, you know, but I don't think that like deters from the game at all. I think it's still phenomenal. Um, Structured limitations it, can work pretty well sometimes as well. Yeah, it streamlines the game and sort of makes you focus in on on certain points of the game that they want you to focus in on, which is good. Um, in this one, there's ship combat, which basically works the same. Like, because normal combat works where it's it's turn based. Um, you have your characters, you have like an order. Um, you can alter that order by with different effects and things as well. Like, if you apply slow to a, uh, an enemy, it'll knock them back in the order. 
Um, so pretty standard fare for like a, a turn-based RPG. Um, and you've got abilities and things that you can use that cost mana. Um, in this one, you've got shields. So um, your health bar is covered in like a little gray, like opaque gray bar. So that'll absorb damage at first. So you've almost got like a second health bar that will regenerate over time. Um, some characters have different um, abilities to regenerate quicker. Um, like one of mine's like she's one of my characters is a hacker. So they like their class is a hacker. So they can they can regenerate shields over time. It's one of their like passive abilities. Because um, yeah, when you create your your party, you have different abilities you can choose from. You can choose the um, obviously their race and their class, but you can also choose what the person in the real world is like. So there's things like the romanticist who like uh, likes to write stories and and ship everyone. Um, there's the uh, the show off, which always wants to do the coolest thing as possible, um, and they all have different abilities tied to those as well. So it's like an extra like class race ability that you have as well when you're creating your character. Um, but yeah, the, the combat's fine. It's pretty much the same. Um, a lot more focus on different status effects this time. Like I've already got characters that have got like poison and burn and you can do like uh, team up attacks when say if I, one character puts burn on another character, uh, if another character's got an ability that's, um, when, uh, an enemy is burned, they'll, it'll sometimes trigger a, like a team up attack and it'll just do a bit of extra damage. Uh, which is cool. Um, so, yeah, not much else different there. Uh, they've added ship combat this time. So, obviously, when you're doing intercept missions or just when you're flying through space as well, because when you're traveling across the map, um, obviously, every from every destination you go, you've got to roll... It rolls the dice for you. Um, and if you don't pass that check, uh, it'll initiate some sort of combat oh, or a scenario. <laughs> yeah, so they don't happen that often, which is good. Like, it's pretty... They haven't happened to me that much. Um, like, enough, but, like, not, like, every, like, oh, shit, I hope I don't get one this time. It's like, oh, I've got a ship battle this time, or I've encountered someone. Um, and, yeah, basically, you roll the dice to determine how much, like, how many action points you get, and then you can use those to do as many attacks or heals or buffs or anything like that that you want, and then you end your turn. So it's sort of... um a little bit different to the way that the um, the normal combat works, which is it's good. It sort of makes it feel fresh without changing up the formula too much. Um, and as a, without, again, giving away too much, as you go through the game, you get um, different dice. Yes, they're called dice. There's a reason for it in, in the narrative of the game in the game. Um, it's an acronym for something. Um, of course it is. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, and they're your like ship cores basically. So you start off with a, uh, it, it's a square one. So it's a D six, obviously. So you've got six to choose from. Uh, but I've just recently got one that's uh, a D eight, I think. So it's a diamond now. Um, so I've got obviously a, a higher chance to roll for more AP for my attacks. Um, what else is there about this game? It's really good. It's uh, they've added some like three D models. To, like obviously when you're flying through space and stuff like that there's like they're not great but they're they're different and they're varied enough and they sort of look different to the the, the classic pixel art uh, of everything else so it mixes it up a little bit uh, which is nice um, oh that's the other thing I want to talk about so uh, you've got like different like power mind 
I can't remember what they are, like different different ability points essentially. Um, and each class is is responsible for one of them. Uh, but at certain points, you'll have character choices that you have to make, uh, which is a little bit different from the first one. You, you, I think you had like dialogue choices from the dialogue options uh... from the first one. Uh, good name for a podcast. Um, so in this one, there are actual choices from a, uh, a character. So um, however many people you've got in your party, say three, they'll represent a different uh, like choice, basically. So one might be the power choice, so the character that's more inclined to have, that has more like power stat, um, they'll, they might say like you're encountered something on, on the road and they hold you up and one of them's like, you know, the power one might be let's kill them and take them for all they're worth and then there's mind, which might be like, you know, well, I'll try and, you know, talk this out. And I think the other one was that I've got at the moment, green one, I can't remember what it is. So I think it's soul. This this mm. division of stuff like this sounds a lot like uh, one of the later Dragon Age games. Okay, cool. Like, All right. in, in the conversation wheels, like that you would get like a little symbol over options to sort of like let you know which way that would take the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's I, it, I, it happened in like story quests and in, in like random encounters and side quests and things as well. So, it's um, it's a nice little shake up, and it makes it feel more, I guess, genuine to the like the role playing thing because it's like everyone's your character might choose to say something, and another character might choose to say something else, and you as the overall player, I guess, get to decide who gets the final say. Um, yeah, in, in, Dra- in, in Dragon Age, it, it did sort of help guide you through comp- like things like that as well. So I, I do like it as an idea. Yeah, and they had different different outcomes from it as well. So like if you try, okay. like one of the ones I, like I had a random encounter where um, we got stopped and these guys wanted 35 credits from us. And one of the options was... Um, attack them i've had it pop up a couple of times so i think there's like canned ones that are sort of very similar that happened often um so one time i did i did the power option and we we bet them and it was fine we moved on we must have rolled the check high enough another time i hit the power one again we didn't so we went to a combat oh, okay. so we had like a battle on the ground got xp for it and all that yeah. sort of stuff another time i i because they wanted the 35 credits the um the the soul part or whatever was um I think it's like hack maybe um was like I'm gonna try and convince them to uh I'll haggle with them I'll give them 25 credits and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't um so it makes it feel a little bit more like like you're playing a tabletop RPG but by yourself I guess um which is a lot of fun uh but yeah like the dialogue's really interesting even some of the, the names of the planets are. And the systems that you go to, like one of the systems is called the Roddenberry system. So I'm like, oh, obviously Star Trek reference. Another one's called, um, one of the plants I went to was called Asimov, Asimovia. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. I, I see where this is going. Um, so there's a lot of little references and things that you'll pick up on um, throughout the game as well. It's so much fun. Um, it surprised me last week when it came out. It just sort of launched. Um, so it's out on iOS, uh, on Android as well. I think your housemate bought it. Ooh. Um, so I'm assuming it's out on, on, on Android as well and uh, on PC. So if you're interested in that, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. And if you haven't played Knights of Pen and Paper, go and play that as well. It's, you probably picked that up really cheap at the moment as well. Cause it's an older game, but it's definitely worth it 
most definitely. But apart from that, it's better all I've been playing this week. But there was one other thing that we jumped into very briefly on the weekend, both of us. Uh, on Saturday night, we booted up the Lawbreakers demo. Yeah, yes, beta, we did. Even. Um, um, yes, we did. I, all I can say before we get into this discussion <laughs> is, I remember seeing a lot of stuff for Lawbreakers and being all like, yeah, that looks fun, but I'm good. Yeah, same. Similar, especially when it was um, PC only. I was like, well, I'm not going to yeah. play it anyway because I'm not going to have a PC like big enough to run it yet. So it's not on my radar. Uh, then they but even when it was announced for consoles and like I went back and watched some of the trailers, no thank you. I was just like, that's too precise and I have a controller. Mm. I will die. Yeah. Uh, but I thought curiosity got the better of me um, and likewise for you, I guess, as well. Um, I just... I was interested still, and so I thought, let's give this a go. And I tell you what, Karen, I'm fucking sold on this game. Um, yeah, look, it's not probably probably not a launch pickup for me, but down the road, mm-hmm. I definitely think I wind up with this game in my library. Absolutely, because it was a lot of fun. Absolutely, especially at the price point it's going to be at, like fifty bucks. That like I I could definitely see myself getting fifty dollars worth of money, like of of enjoyment out of that game. Um. We played for like, what, like four hours on the weekend? Something something like that. It was one of those games where I was not having a great time at first, but then once yep. I started to wrap my head around a couple of the character choices, yes, I was having a blast. Yeah, it was interesting because I, I could feel myself getting better with every match. Um, yeah. And I understood like the characters and their abilities and the maps and the rules of the game modes and all that yeah okay so for, for those of you who aren't familiar with lawbreakers um it's by it's epic games new game i uh, not epic oh, games oh, no <laughs> it's cliffy b's new game uh from, Cliff boss from boss key uh which is i think a lot of them were where x it wouldn't surprise me if i were x yeah yeah obviously cliffy b is but um yeah so this is his i guess hero shooter would be the best way to describe it yeah, I mean, um, it has a handful of character options, and they all have set classes, and they have names, so I guess it's a hero shooter. Yeah, yeah, and they've all got different personalities, and different, uh, they all play differently, which is really cool. Um, so, but yeah. generally, they have, like, each each character has, like, an opposite on the other team, of the Law and the Breakers team. Yeah, which is fantastic, so... Um, <laughs> I can't I believe you didn't pick up on that sooner. I, I, yeah, I did it until I went into the game and I'm like, oh, I, okay, I get it. Um, I don't know much about the lore, but they haven't really said, I, well, not that I've seen anyway, about the the world that they've created in this. I think that's it's um, either they haven't said it or I just haven't looked at it just yet. I'm kind of interested to know, to know a bit more, especially after being so invested in Overwatch's lore, but um, I don't think it's going to get as in-depth as that. But uh, yeah, so it... it it reminds me very much of like Unreal Tournament. Uh, I, funnily enough, but it's surprising when you think about the the man behind it, though. Really, yeah, yeah, it it makes sense, I guess. But it's um yeah, like a lot of different game modes. So there's like you know your basic capture the flag. Um, there's Blitzball, which uh which shout out to Blitzball. Like Blitzball is probably my favorite mode. Not because of the way that it plays. It's pretty simple. It's just like there's a ball in the middle and you've got to try and grab it and take it to the enemy spawn point and score a goal, basically. Pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, pretty basic. But 
the added little key of we were playing it and the ball started talking. It's like a little bomb. And I'm going, that that sounds really familiar. And then after a little bit longer, I was like, that sounds like Mr. Meeseeks from, from Rick and Morty. And so I, in between rounds, I quickly looked up like Justin Royal and Lawbreakers and it auto-completed on Google. So I'm like, well, clearly something's here. Uh, and sure enough, yeah, Justin Royland is the voice of the bomb in the That's Blitzball mode. incredibly cool. Yeah, and he's doing his Mr. Meeseeks voice, and it's so good. So when you've got the ball, it's like, oh, boy. much more invested in that ball. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you pick it up, it's like, oh, boy, we got to get there soon, otherwise I'm going to blow up. And it's like, it's so good. Um, it, I, 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 We had so much fun. I, it was so much fun. We were just like, laughing and screaming and just having a ball with this game. Um, one of the other elements of it is that there is uh, areas of like basically zero G or low gravity. Which are my favorite areas. Yeah. So you basically just float around and it feels good to float around in those areas too. It, you, you feel like you've got just enough control to maneuver yourself around. Um, and they're factored in a lot of different things as well. Like when you fire your gun, that will give you momentum that will push you backwards and things like that. So you can use that as like a, you could turn around, quick turn around and fire backwards and then keep moving forward if you wanted to. Um, or you could hit down the D-pad as well, which makes it uh, like fire backwards, which is interesting. You can blind fire essentially. Yeah, I guess if you are running away, but you're no being chased. Mm, yeah. Well, you can't. So it's worth knowing, but you can't actually see behind you. Your character just fires behind you. Yeah, it, it's it's handy for, um, I think, the Titan class who uses a rocket launcher. Um, I bet it is. Because, yeah, rocket launcher. So you can essentially rocket jump without having to, to turn. You just sort of, like, aim yourself up and then hit down the D-pad and it will fire and you can launch yourself up into the air, which is handy. Um but oh man, I just I can't believe how much fun we had with that that night. Um, yeah, I I haven't I didn't get a chance to try all the classes. I mostly gra- like gravitated to a couple of them. Mm-hmm. One of them, who I guess is basically it, I you could say is the the Lawbreakers version of Farrah. Yeah, yep. Who I forget the name of the character, but they had like the the jetpack where you could you had a fair amount of control around the flight, and it yep. felt really good and you had like the um the scatter missiles and the yeah. she had like a chain gun on her wrist i'm pretty sure i think so yeah yeah was like the it, vanguard yeah yeah i think it was a vanguard exactly mm. that yeah and that character just felt so good to play as yeah i i ended up sort of gravitating towards the uh the wraith which has um so his l1 ability is that you can like slide like across the map very much like Vanquish. Um, that's what I, all I kept thinking about when I was doing it, or Bulletstorm even. Um, again, kind of ironic because I think there was some crossover with people there as well. Um, but yeah, so you can slide across. I think if you collide with an enemy, you can do a little bit of damage, not much. Um, it will knock them back a little bit as well. Um, but he's L2, he has like a dash forward knife attack. So basically he dashes forward, not very fast. It's not like a Genji sort of like full dash. Um, but you sort of dash a little bit forward and you can stab, and if you collide, you do. Again, not an amazing amount of damage, but enough. Um, so if you soften them up, because his, main, his primary weapon is a um, like a submachine gun, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so if you can soften them up from a distance and then slide towards them uh, at, a, at a rapid pace and then do that L1, uh, L2 
knife attack. You can sort of clean up enemies pretty well. And uh, the first time I did that, oh boy, it felt good. <laughs> it felt so good. Uh, it felt right? Yeah, it did. I was like, oh, I get this. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, it. it's once you wrap your head around it and sort of start to learn the maps. And yeah, like as we said, there are so many modes. Mm-hmm. Some of them it took me a bit longer than others to comprehend. Blitzball was one of them. Yeah. I didn't understand what the heck I was supposed to be doing. I haven't played much of, like, in other games, like, the, their variations of Blitzball, but I was familiar with the concept, so that made it a little bit easier. But even then, like, it's... You never know. It's like, oh, my God. And um, there's no... I don't know if they're going to, in the full release, have some sort of tutorial or, like, a practice area that you can sort of get I, to use with characters. I, I can only imagine... I assume there'll be a training range similar to Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would hope so, because um, that was my one downside, I guess. I mean, it is a beta, so I can't really complain. But that, 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 if I had to be critical on, on like, overly critical on something, I'd, I'd probably have to say that, that I jumped in and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm just going to go play a match, and then it didn't go well at all. Um, it was just me like constantly rotating through characters and trying to pick out what I wanted to do. Um, learn by doing, Joel. Learn by doing. Pretty much. And it was good. Like like we said, like I felt myself getting better quite quickly. Um, like it's not one of those things like whereas like Overwatch, like I, I could sort of feel myself getting better, but even then like it, it, it was still a bit of a slow burn and not in a bad way. It's just that, you know, once you start knowing the maps and knowing the, the um like team comps and things like that like team comp wasn't too much of an issue in this um there is like a healer class but like I, you didn't really um you weren't at a loss if you didn't have like at least a healer on your team yeah i mean there was a lot of healing stations you could go to to get health yeah. anyway yeah and like little health and pickups as well yeah a lot of characters can get around pretty quickly as well so yeah. and that's the other yeah. thing as well the respawns were like you know, three seconds or two seconds. It's not even that. Uh, and the maps weren't overly big, so they were sort of very contained. Um, so you were back in the action within seconds, um, which was good. But yeah, I it was fun. I had fun with it. I thoroughly enjoyed Lawbreakers. Um, it's definitely on my radar now. I'll, I'll probably pick it up at some point, most likely when you do, because I don't want to <laughs> play it by myself, I guess. But... Yeah, it isn't the sort of game I could see myself really going into on my own. I, I could see myself playing it a little bit, not much. But, like, if we had a night, we both had a night off. And it was like, like, do you want to play some Lawbreakers? Like, I could see myself sitting down, like, well, we did for, like, three or four hours and just playing solidly, like, round after round after round. And we had some pretty some pretty uh, close victories as well and some pretty close matches in general. It was, I, I didn't feel useless, which was good. In a competitive well, shooter, that's where I'm gonna. That's where it comes down to, I guess. For Overwatch, especially, there because uh, you've got all the classes, you've got you've got to sort of you've got to build your team for roles. And mm-hmm. in, in this, it was much not, not like that at all, really. No, like which was sort of fun, but I do really like how Overwatch stacks up and how you play out. You pick your role, you strategize and all that. But this one was just mayhem. Yeah, and I'm sure. Like if you play it at higher levels or if you're really good. There is, like, strategy that you can follow to really guarantee victory, but what we played in a beta 
was everyone learning and it was just insane oh yeah and like i i could see with things like like most like blitz ball as well it's like all right cool so you're gonna go to the race you're you're a lot quicker so you're gonna be able to get in there grab the ball we're gonna follow you behind as quickly as we can and we're gonna try and just like like suppressing fire and covering and just support you to get to the the goal so you can have like those those sort of like plays i guess even it's like all right we're gonna go the two of us are gonna go on the right hand side you're gonna come in from the top grab the ball and then you're going to go out to the left we're going to try and sidetrack them over on the right and you're going to try and sneak around like i could see there being like different strategies and different ways around um like completing objectives in the in the different game modes but uh yeah like and all the maps were really fun as well um there was one i wasn't crazy about but i forget the name of was that the bridge one? one in the clouds the clouds it was sort of in the sky. It was sort of one of the longer maps. Uh yeah. Was it like that? The, the bridge one? Maybe it was the bridge one where it had like you had, you could go like around the outside yeah, of the map. Yeah, the bridge one. That was the one we had the the least success on. Um, I didn't like that map. Didn't work well for me. No, no. Uh, it was still it was still fun, but yeah. Um, and it's also worth pointing out, I guess, as well that you get a like a, a rank based on each game mode. So. You're, you might be, you know, rank A in Blitzball, but in, like, Capture the Flag, you might be rank C because you're not as good at it. So I'm wondering if that would play into how the game matchmakes you as well. Maybe. Um, which would be interesting. Um, so if you're really good at one mode there and not so great at another, it, it'll it'll scale the uh, your opponents to, to be more forgiving, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, it's... It comes out next week. This like yeah, like next week, midweek or something like that. Yeah, um, out of nowhere. Yeah, I was like, oh, I might be interested down in the track when it when it, when it comes out. And then I looked up when it was coming out. And I went, oh shit. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to say about Lawbreakers, Karen? No, just that it was it, like you said, and as we have been discussing, it was really fun once we got our like up a hang of it. Uh, it's just some some moments in that game when I like just recalling passages of play that were just insane. Yeah. Yep. Like it's just, it's one of those sort of games. I think just one of those fun, more arena style sort of shooters. Yeah. Uh, I, all I can say is, uh, I'm not that I'm going to play it cause I don't have a PC, but Quake legends has a lot to, lot to follow. Tough act to follow with overwatch. And now this, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea how Quake Legends is going to go. Yeah, well, there's a first, there's a big championship tournament coming up soon. I think for it. Of course there is. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't mind checking it out just to see what the game's like. But anyway, I I feel like this is this is a lot more because it's so chaotic. Um, I think it's a lot more fun to play. But yeah, alrighty, shall we move into some news, Karen? Let's just dig in. Let's just jump in. Get straight into it. With, with some great news to start off with this week. Some outstanding news. Some fan fucking tastic news. Uh, Kyan, we're not getting one, not two, but three new Persona games in the foreseeable future. Heck yes, we are, Joel. Yes. So, uh, yesterday in, in Japan was the uh, Persona Super Live uh, concert, live concert, where basically. 
uh, Shoji Magaru and all his friends jump on stage and play all the songs from different Persona games, which is just the best. It was a it um, was a fun watch, and I recommend tracking it down if you haven't watched it. If you especially if you is, have a vague a, interest in Persona music, it's incredible. Yeah, I remember I've watched. I think I've watched the 2015 one like two or three times over. Um, it's just so much fun, and it's insane to see. Like it, there's literally a stadium full of people, all there for Persona music. Um, it's 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 a sight to see, and it's just it's magical. Like all the singers and the and the, the performers come out in like costumes from the different characters and things, and it's it's just great to watch. Um, but yeah, so uh, along with that, the, the uh, in the 2015 one, I'm pretty sure was when they uh, either announced or debuted the 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 theme song for Persona 4 Dancing All Night, uh, which is how they opened the show. Uh, at this one, though, we got a couple of trailers. So we got a trailer for... Now, I've gotten rid of that. Where is it? Persona 3 Dancing Moon Night and Persona 5 Dancing Star Night for PS4 and Vita. I'm so happy it's coming to PS4. Oh, oh I'm so happy it's coming, Kyron, I mean, in me general. too, but... Oh, it's coming to a platform that I like readily use as opposed to my Vita, which I always forget to charge. And then when you know, when, you know when you let something die, and then before you can even switch it on, it's got to charge for a bit to. Oh yeah, yeah. the Vita's notorious. That's my for that. Vita's life, so it never gets used. Having it on PS4, yes. Yeah, I mean, if it was just Vita, I'd be happy because I I still like my Vita. But yeah, the having it on PS4 um is 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 a good bonus as well. Uh, but yeah, two new, not only Persona games, but like Persona Rhythm games. Oh, Kyron, I, I don't know how I haven't had an aneurysm with from excitement at the moment. I just, I'm so, so happy. Because well, here's the thing: when back, because this this was all pretty heavily rumored a few weeks back when the website started popping up, and P5D yep. was one of them. So everyone was obviously Persona Five Dancing. You could basically see that coming, but. Oh, of course. When they announced Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight, that floored me. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's really impressive. Um, I'm not as... It's not that I'm not excited for it. I just don't have an attachment to it because I haven't played it, which sucks because I want to. Um, yeah, man, there are better options. You've got options. I, I do, but they're not good options. And <laughs> it makes me sad. Um, but yeah, like, this is, this is great. Um, you've obviously heard us talk about uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night uh, on the show I'm pretty sure because I bought it last year and played it quite extensively um, it's a relatively easy platinum to get as well actually not not like handed on a silver platter there's still a challenge to it but it's 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 a fun platinum um, so to have two more of those yes please the only thing I'm curious down. about is how they sort of play the the canon in these games yeah, uh, without giving, without divulging spoilers, Persona Five. You know, I can see how that one's going to work based on how mm-hmm. that game ends. Yeah, based on how Persona Three ends, I'm very curious as to how they deal with a couple of characters. Yeah, that okay. Are less alive <laughs> than they are. Right. Wanted to probably wanted to be in the in this game. Yep. No. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I, like- it could be just a who cares like it's just a fun dancing game and i would be okay with it 
but I assume there'll be some sort of like extensive visual novel story like Dancing All Night had. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's what I loved about Dancing All Night is that the story it was it was dumb, but I enjoyed it. Like it was so much fun. And just to hang out with those characters again. I'm looking forward that's to hanging why, out with that. I can't uh, wait for this. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm I'm just excited to hang out with the Phantom Thieves again. Although I am also slightly concerned cuz I don't know how like we obviously don't know yet about localization. These are so far only for spring 2018 in Japan. Right. Uh, Persona 5, you know, voice actors, no issues. That game's really recent. Persona 3, I'm not uh... so sure. That came out a while ago. And the movies that Japan put out, like the four Persona 3 movies, yep. they never got dubbed. And I don't know what the deal was there. They decided to go sub only when Funimation and then the other anime importers like were like hey we're going to distribute this to the west just sub and I was okay with that but I was like well why I mean the voice actors are still working let's just mm. let's, let's get a dub going but uh, well here's the other thing too though like what's the deal do you think by the time we get this game hopefully the the writer strike might look that voice actor strike might have oh. broken I just I hadn't even thought of that until you wow. just talked about it then yeah because these are new games that are probably haven't been in development before. I mean, that all kicked off. Persona Five will probably be okay because that that was like wasn't that long ago, was it? Uh, I'm trying to think. We were hearing about voice actors in Persona Five like sort of late last year, early this year, actually. True, and maybe late last year, early this year. They might have like a multi-contract. Uh, deal to do different games uh, who knows yeah. you never know with that kind of stuff but like it's a good point about the Persona 3 guys because a few of those guys might have there might be issues there mm. um, uh, I, off the top of my head I can't remember any of, if any of them are very well known but I know one of them is it's a guy who voices Ed Elric uh, Vic Mignolia yeah yes. yeah he voices um, Junpei Persona 3 I don't know what his oh cool what his standing is so but yeah like I'm not sure if there's anything going on there like if they're going to localize it I hope they do I I hope as long so. as they bring it over I'll buy it anyway I don't care if it's, if it's in Japanese I would be, give it to me I would be very surprised if they didn't localize it after the success of Persona 5 in the west because it, hey, uh, it did pretty well what if we just tinfoil it a bit and maybe maybe they'll they'll recast Persona 3 and you know, because there's all these, please, these uh, these high quality assets. Yep. In Persona Three: Dancing Moonlight, maybe I'll get my Persona Three remake. I maybe. hope so. I I I want that as well because that means I'll play the fucking game. <laughs> I absolutely want that. I I and I, I th- it's like borderline wishful thinking, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, Persona 6 is a ways off. Oh, yeah. You may as well be honest here. Like, that is so far away. Like, Persona 5 took forever to come out. So, Persona 6 is going to be a way away in the future as well. Yeah, and I think now there's a lot of more people that have played an entry in the series. I think that will um, there'll be a lot of people clamoring for, for more. So, why not really re-release that? And, and even just chuck up Golden, like, as it is on the PS4. Oh, if only it it infuriates me that thing is stuck on the Vita. Yeah, like I mean, it, it's all well and good, but like, yeah, if that, why wouldn't you? Like, I, I that, that way you give all the people that were like, I wanted to play it back when they didn't have a Vita or access to a Vita, 
and they wanted to play four, but they never got the opportunity to, and now they've played five, and they're like, fuck, I want to play more Persona. Why not? Just at, chuck at, it on at there. At this point, like, yeah, at this point, if you play Persona 5 and you want to go back, your options are track down a, a Vita. Mm-hmm. I would honestly say don't bother. Uh, or you can get a PS2 and play the classics there, or get a PS3 and buy Persona 3 and 4 off of a store. Yeah. But it would just be nice if we had an option to play them on PS4. Yeah. God damn it, Sony, or God damn it, Atlas, whichever one here, I have to yell at to make it happen. Just I, make look, it happen. I think, yeah, I think after this announcement with, with these two, two games, I think maybe we'll start to see I some some gears so turning. Badly. <laughs> I want it as well. I, I really want to play 3. Like, I, I, I know nothing about PS4. it. Um, yeah, actually, I would love to play 3 4 again. Oh, God. Um,. But that wasn't all. We also got an announcement for Persona Q2. Uh, now, we know nothing about this game besides but, it is called Persona Q2 and it's coming to 3DS. Yep. And it will include the Persona 5 cast. Yes, because the teaser site has uh, the Take Your Heart uh, logo, but in the, the text is in the same style, uh, the same font as the Persona Q and the logo is all cutesied up. Yeah. Persona Q style as well. A very chibi it. style, yeah. It looks great. Um, I played a bit of Persona Q. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the show as well. And you've obviously played it as well. Heck yeah, I played it. Um, it's it's good. It's hard. Um, it's a hard game, but I I really... as a, Especially as a Persona fan, like, Persona Q, worth it. Just for the, the fan service interactions between mm. those two casts of characters the music remixes and it's worth it for that alone and who doesn't love a little bit of chibi i mean yeah the chibi stuff's pretty cool uh there's some pretty funny writing in those games that's true yeah there is some really great writing in them um and look like like good localization as well Mm, absolutely Um, but yeah so we're getting it that there's no yeah like you said we know nothing else about that so we saw a silhouette of the man of like of joker right yeah and that's it. And that's that's <laughs> so it. Who, but who you know, knows? Like maybe Tokyo Game Show in September. We'll see more. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but it is coming to 3ds. No other platforms yet. Now I, I have seen people disappointed, but if you look at it from Atlas's perspective, first of all, 3ds still selling incredibly well in Japan. Absolutely, we'll touch on that later with the story that we've got. Yeah. yeah. And uh, secondly, um, yeah, the touchscreen is sort of important for the yeah. Persona Q as it is a part of essentially a spinoff of the Etrian Odyssey series, which yep. is known for being able to draw your own dungeons. I can see it working on Switch, but I mean, I think for a sequel, they were just like, look, put it on 3DS first and we'll see what happens. Because also, Switch is still fairly recent and we don't know how long mm. Persona Q 2 has been in the in the works for yeah and i i I get that yeah like you said with the whole like the fact that it's it's just like a a sort of spin-off of veteran odyssey and the fact that it's that first person dungeon crawling and you've got to like lay out the map as you're going along you need to have the map and your like player screen screen. at the same time it'd be too tedious on switch if you were having to toggle between the two the The only way i could see it is if you split the screen down the middle yeah but i don't know that would look weird though it look weird and yeah i don't know how i feel about that so yeah i unless they've got a workaround for it but at this stage i don't think they do because they've announced that it's coming for 3ds so exactly um but yeah there's uh 
that's that's the news we got this week. We also got a well, they announced a Persona Five anime as well. They certainly did from A One Studios. We don't know like if it's gonna like tip a T follow the Persona Five story or if it's gonna sort of like mix things up a bit. Yep. But uh, I'm excited because I love again, I love Persona, I love Persona Five, I love anime. Yep. Let's, let's do this. Let's go. Persona Five Persona Four's anime was really good. And the four Persona Three movies were also a suitable way to to digest that story if you cannot play the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've you've converted me, Karen. I'm 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 absolutely nuts about this franchise now. It's so good. I'm just I, nuts about it. I still remember buying Persona Four on PS2 from EB Games purely because that was way back when. Uh, Persona 4 was actually published by Square Enix. Right. And I was like, Square Enix? I don't, I don't like Final Fantasy. <laughs> well, I like, I like I don't Final Fantasy. I like JRPGs. What's this? I'll buy it. And, and then the magic What a rabbit happened. hole that was. <laughs> and the magic happened. You hear that opening scene and you're like, oh, what is this? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, Persona boy. 4 on PS2 opens a bit differently to Golden, but the magic was still there. Yes, yeah. Because Golden has a another a whole different amazing opening. Yeah. Which I also I, love. I fucking love that so much. That's what sold the game on me. I remember I remember you showing me that and I was like, What is this? I yeah, need what, this. What I need this in my life. And like I don't like I'm not a JRPG fan. Well I wasn't. I am now. I I, I will give JRPGs a go if they have an interesting like hook to them, like Persona. Um but yes, there's also the uh, the mystery of whatever the heck P5R is, which there was a That's domain true. registered for it. Everyone was hoping that it'd come out like during this concert because we got the other domains, like we got P5D and PQ2. Yep. No idea what P5R is yet. The, the mystery is still unsolved. Yes. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for new Persona news and. Uh, we got a bunch of it this week. And actually, I just re- I looked before we started recording. There is a um, what's it called? A- an archive on YouTube of the ah, Persona Super Live. Excellent. So I am going to watch that. I highly recommend it. Oh, that's going to be my day tomorrow, pretty much. <laughs> um, cool. All right, what do we got next, Karen? Uh, so next up is actually a little bit of uh, Take Two news. Ooh, okay. And it's one of those sort of stories where you read the headline, you're like. Really, guys? Really? Mm, yeah. So, uh, Rockstar's parent company, Take-Two, in a recent earnings report, basically said, hey, we think PC is a pretty important market, but we're still not going to commit to Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC. Oh. That's that's like a, a, a blunt summary of it. To, like, to be fair, they did say that it's, uh, what was it, the... Any updates about any of our titles will come from our labels. So obviously, it's not Take Two's place to say something. And I, I guess I tell yeah. you, I tell you, I wouldn't want to be the person who accidentally leaked out stuff from Rockstar because I feel like they they'd be taken out into an alley somewhere and like taken care of. Quote. Yeah, um, I just feel like there's there's so much time being spent being all coy here, going, oh, uh-huh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a PC one. Yeah, it's a little yeah, it's a little shitty. When when we know that like, like before 
GTA Five, we're like, all right, like you know, four came to it, but you know, five's been such a huge success on all platforms, but you know, especially on PC. Um, well, yeah, it, it certainly could argue it thanks to mods. It blossomed. Absolutely, on PC. absolutely. Like, um, there's still like amazing mods coming out of that, and um, and then even the stuff that they've given to in like the content creation stuff they've given to users as well. Um, yeah, like we know we. <laughs> We know deep down that there is a Red Dead 2 that is coming to PC. Like, there at has to be point. at some I point. Again, I I would agree, but if you look at if you look at like the history, GTA three, like all the all the GTAs basically are on PC. Yep. Uh Red Dead Redemption One is not on PC. Right. That title has not like even after all these years, like it has I guess it hasn't really been remastered either, so that, no. that could be contributing. I, I think that I think probably the reason for that is it might have been cheaper to to develop for a console, um, and they because it's a new IP they wanted to well maybe well new IP but you know <laughs> they um they they didn't want to sort of like blow their load on something that was not going to be a success. Um, I don't know if I buy that. Like I feel like Rockstar <laughs> yeah. would have sort of been like we're making a new game. It's gonna be popular because we're rockstar. Yeah, I. But the thing is, though, like I, because GTA Four wasn't. It was well received when it came out, but I think the more people thought about it, the more people were like, "Oh wait, this isn't great." I. I mean, I think that a lot of it has to do with its. I don't want to say art style, but like its visuals haven't aged well. No, it's a no. very sort of dull game to look at because it's very heavily entrenched in that city. Mm. And the environments aren't super varied, and the controls haven't aged well. I think there's a lot of things sort of against yeah. GTA 4. Red Dead Redemption, it is still a goddamn amazing game. Yeah, to it's, a ma- it's a masterpiece of a game. Um, it's, it's one still of my favorites. Incredible. It's easily one of my favorites of all time. It's, God, I had. It was one of the first games where I wanted to do everything in that game. I wanted to do everything and i did pretty much everything i didn't get the platinum trophy because that was when i didn't care about trophies but um and i still don't really now but um well, i definitely thing, didn't games then. have a lot of stuff you need to do oh yeah but i i had my legend of the west outfit i had that from doing all i got all the outfits and all that sort of stuff uh, i did it again in undead nightmare i had the the um legend of the undead outfit um and Matt, can we just take a second to appreciate how amazing Undead Nightmare was? Like, I didn't spend much time in it, but it it's looked good. Fun. It's really good. It was it was fun. It was it was silly. Uh, in in a time where zombies were fucking, I mean, we still are, but like we're everywhere. Um, I actually gave a shit about a game that involved killing zombies, uh, mainly because I had an attachment to the characters that were involved in the first place, but. Um, yeah, it was a great like spin-off standalone DLC that was Plus, a lot of fun. You got to be John Marston again. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, so yeah, I you know surely there's a there's a there's a version happening of this. I I, th- I mean maybe it, GTA Five when that came to consoles. I don't think we heard about a PC version for that until much later down the road. No, we so didn't. it's entirely possible they'll do the same for Red Dead. Almost feels rude though, because you're basically you're holding back that announcement because you're like, eh, if we don't announce a PC version, everyone's going to buy it on console. Yeah, and then that's we true. announce a PC version, and then people will double dip. That 
Yeah. And that definitely seems like something Rockstar would do too. Yeah, and it, it I mean that may not be the intention, but sometimes it feels like that when they could yeah. very easily just go, Hey, it's coming on PC it's coming later. Like, at least if you're open about it, I feel like it's a little bit less I, grubby. <laughs> Bungie's doing that with Destiny 2. Exactly. Bungie like, is like, yeah. yeah, it's coming out later. It, they're like, yeah, it's coming. It's like, not much later. We hope to have it like as close as possible, but it's going to be a little bit later. And everyone's like, cool. And then they see it running in 4K in 60, 60 frames per FPS. second. And it's like, <laughs> all right, cool. All right, I can wait for that. That's fair. Exactly. Um, like, you yes. wait a bit longer, you get the better version. And Absolutely. And I kind of like that Bungie was upfront about that, even if it is a bit of a bummer, if it's, it's a bit further away. But, you know, it sounds improved, so that's fine. Absolutely. Whereas Rockstar is kind of just like, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming to PS4 and Xbox One. What about PC? What about PC? We'll never tell. Um, <laughs> exactly, we'll never so, tell. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit annoying. It is a bit annoying. Having said that, really excited for Red Dead 2. Me Don't too. Don't get me wrong. Me too. When, like, like, when that game comes out, I'm going to just lose myself in it for like a solid week. Absolutely. And, you know, to anyone who thought that, that game was going to come out this year, you I'm were so yeah. wrong. <laughs> Sorry, you were... You were always wrong. Wishful thinking. Absolutely. Like, as soon as it got announced, it was like, they're like, oh yeah, like, just under 12 months from now. I'm like, bullshit. I yeah, call... Not happening, guys. <laughs> major bullshit. And then they got it delayed and everyone was like, oh, what a twist. Um... Most people who know Rockstar were basically just like, expected. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, coming. Absolutely. And and then you sort of look at, like, the five screenshots that they release, and you're like, yeah, we can wait for this. We can absolutely <laughs> wait for this. If this is the, col- the, like, the caliber that they're going for, yeah, I can wait for this game to be made good. Just uh, a, a brief aside, I love that Rockstar is that big of a company. Mm-hmm. They can just be like, here's five screenshots. They yeah, and everyone loses their mind. Well, That's all it takes. They changed their Twitter icon to a red version, and everyone and fucking like, went bananas. Like I remember being on Twitter when that happened, and I was part of it. I was like, "Holy shit, it's happening! It's fucking happening!" And then like they slowly just drip fed it out. They are they they are living up to their namesake. Like they are rock stars. They can do what they want, and they, everyone will they, just and be they like, "Do what they yep. want." They will drop a trailer and be like, yep. "There you go, guys." Yeah, and everyone's just like, "Yes, okay." Sure, where do we sign? Like, it's it's pretty insane that they... Do you think it's a bit... That they get off... Uh, they get away with a bit more, like, because of that um, sort of reception look, they have? For, for me, the, the deal with Rockstar, and, like, the reason I don't mind those big gaps between them showing anything is, first of all, I don't want to see too much of their games. True, very true. And secondly, I have absolute faith that they'll nail it Mm-hmm. Even based, even if you just take their recent pedigree, like Red Dead One and GTA Five, yeah, amazing. They were yep. amazing. Yeah. So I have complete faith that Red Dead Two will be as good, and they don't need to show me another five minute trailer. No, like, I'm in. No, I <laughs> mean everyone who likes Rockstar is also in. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember seeing that 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 when I first saw the uh, the GTA Five, the Radio Gaga trailer with that with that Queen song Radio Gaga yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. It was like, here's all the vistas. Here's like all the like you know the landscapes. Here's some of the cars. Here's the characters. Nothing about story. It's just like this is, you know, you want it. Like basically, yeah. you're gonna buy it. And everyone's like, and yes, like, we are. 
the, the Red Dead teaser was the same. It basically showcased the world and the environments, and everyone was already throwing their money at Rockstar. They were ready. Yep. They're, they're, everyone's in. Absolutely. So Rockstar can kind of do what they want. Yeah. And once that game comes out, it's going to make them so much money. Oh, God, yeah. It's going to make so much money. Red Dead 2 is going to be insane. I'm so glad it's not this year, though. I'm oh, so God. glad it's not this year. I don't... I wouldn't... I would would have to bump something to play it this year I, yeah it would be such a hard choice and then that that game of the year talk is going to be would have been even tougher but it's tough already it's already it's really hard. so fucking tough already we've talked about a lot of the contenders already at various points in this episode alone so yeah <laughs> um like yeah Jeez. anyway okay so some pretty sh- rough news i guess uh, for us uh, Europeans and Australians, uh, we're getting a price hike for PlayStation Plus. Ooh. Yeah, so it did Ouch. happen in uh, was it Canada and US last year? Something Honestly? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. September last year, apparently they did. Okay. So, um, and, and I it, assume all the Europeans and Australians will also be going, huh, not going up for us. Yeah, exactly. Flash forward to now. Yes. We'll, see well I guess to be clear, it doesn't go into effect until midnight. Well, until August 31st, basically. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I was actually going to shell out for a 12 month one for like one last. Like, I was considering cheaper. it as well. But then like today, my monthly one came out of my bank account. No, wait. No, fuck. Oh, well. um, <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I, I might even download truck though, just before that, that, that uh, August thirty first. I might just try and track down some of the um like the twelve month cards. <laughs> oh yeah, should do that, shouldn't I? Just build a stockpile. Yeah, just get them all. Get them all. Like, actually, no, you don't even have to stockpile. You just have to put them all on your account. I think they stack. Okay, there you go. So I think yeah, if you just have like four cards, it's like well, I'm set for the next four years. Um, but yeah, so basically, we're going up in Australia. We're going up to uh, so for twelve months, we're going from sixty nine ninety five to seventy nine ninety five. For the three-month option, it's going from twenty-seven ninety-five to thirty-three ninety-five, and then for the monthly, we're going from nine ninety-five to ten ninety-five. Um, now, so I mean, those are some jumps. Yeah, the, so, the one-year one especially feels like a jump, even though yeah. it's only ten dollars. Like it's a relatively, like that ten-dollar jump is pretty big. Yeah, it's a pretty big jump. Um, obviously there are other prices for different areas. So if you're from those areas, those are readily available online to see what your prices are going up to i'm sure you've probably seen them at this stage but um we're very self selfish people and talking about ourselves so yeah it's there it's that 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 ten dollar jump is it's it's still ten dollars i guess it's a big jump but i don't know this seems to be happening a lot lately we've just had a netflix hike as well um, and stands going up. Stands going up. Uh, so there are a lot of those things that I think maybe it's, is it just that time when all these sort of services are going to be starting to up their prices? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Is there... it's, it's, mm. it's weird. Like, I, I think this one's been coming, you could say, almost nearly since like the US and Canada had their well, price hike. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people sort of maybe a lot of people that saw that would probably go uh oh when are we going to get stung um and it's probably only going to be a matter of time and it was so yeah i'm trying to find out what the pricing is like on xbox live to sort of compare it Mm. 
But I, honestly, I it's hard. Oh, hang yeah. on. So for one month of gold, okay, it's ten ninety five. Okay. Three months of gold is twenty nine ninety five. Right. And twelve months of gold is seventy nine ninety five. So it's about the same, except for that three month option. There's difference. Getting pulled up essentially, I guess, into line with Xbox Live Gold. Well, look, they that recently in the last month or two, I think they've sent out lots of information about the fact that they've got like heaps of subscribers now for PlayStation Plus. They've got a big sort of uh, install base with that. So I guess they don't need to worry about trying to make it look more appealing because I think a lot of people already either have it or if they don't have it, they're being told by the people who do have it that it's worth it. Um, because it could, like, yeah. Sony feels like they're getting a little bit arrogant again. Oh, wow. You know, we only have to look back at, what was it? two years ago their E3 press conference I think it, they've been getting arrogant for a little while um, they're obviously doing very well in this console generation I mean um, they're number one like absolutely but you know maybe they should have learnt from being the fucking underdogs last well not even the underdogs like the, the, the shit kickers basically last time around I mean um, I guess it's a thing it goes in cycles like yeah Sony the PS3 was a, a pretty big disaster for them. They sort of reeled it back towards the end, but it didn't go well for them. Yeah. PS4, home run. Yeah, absolutely. Microsoft with the 360 did very well for them. Then yeah. they they had it all down for Xbox One when they dropped that, and it didn't do so well. Same for Nintendo with the Wii U after the Wii. Mm-hmm. Sort of yep. fell flat in its face. It happens, and you can you can sort of... You feel like you start to see the rumblings of it happening again, and this feels like that. Oh, yeah. Um... And I don't, ugh, I don't want that because I don't want to be yelled at by people going, "No, you fucking PS4 fanboy." I was like, "No, I just that's what everyone I know has, so that's why I got one. That's not anything to do with that. Like, I bought a PS3 because that's why because you all have one." And I was like, "Well, I want to buy a new console. I'm not going to buy it an Xbox 360, even though it's a better console, probably, arguably." Um, but, but all my friends have PS3, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on that, and then from then on in, I'm like, I'm too lazy to change. That's why I still have an well, iPhone. You're in the ecosystem, <laughs> exactly. That's why I still have an iPhone. Like I, I'm I'm in it. I've got no problems with my iPhone. I'm like, eh, fine. It's, it does what it's supposed to do. I can play games on it. I can call people and text people. It's fine. Like so, we might as well cover the potential positives to this. Okay. Like maybe maybe this money. We'll go towards making the PSN less of a piece of garbage. Yep. That you would, would be good. You would fucking hope so, because that like shit my, needs to get worked on. My PS4 still is just... Sometimes it's just laggy on the menu. The store will just crash on me randomly. Yep. The PSN yep. sometimes just goes down for no reason. I don't even... I usually... If I'm going to buy something on the PSN, I'll buy it on my laptop that's sitting next to me instead of opening it's usually up the store. Easier. Because it's just like, and then especially because if, if I'm watching something on, say I'm watching something on YouTube and I'm like, oh, that game's out. I want to buy that. I'll go and buy it, pay for it. It uh, it purchase complete. It'll be there and I'll just go click, uh, like, you know, download to PS4 and it'll just pop up my downloads. I don't even have to stop watching and it starts it up. So like, and it works. So, you know, you would hope that maybe they're going to put at least some of this money towards that. Considering that's Maybe. what we're fucking paying for. Alternatively, uh, the last couple of 
batches of plus games have been pretty good as well. Like yeah. last month we had Until Dawn and the Game of Thrones game. Mm-hmm. Next up we've got Just Cause 3. Which and they are both out and stuff as well. Yeah, they are, they are live now. Just Cause 3 and I think an Assassin's Creed standalone expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it would. It's nice to... St- I mean, as much as I love indie games, I also honestly would rather... If I had to choose between having a triple A AAA or an indie game for free, I'd probably choose a triple A because I feel like I should be buying the indie game. That's a good point, actually. That's a very good point. I don't. I mean, maybe they get a good deal from Sony with that, but I feel. I don't know. Like, I it's, don't know. How do you how do you sell your game after it's been free? Um, It'd be interesting to consider. Go and watch the. I know you have, but like to the people I listening, have, yeah. go and watch the the no clip documentary about Rocket League. Um, a great watch, by the way. Yeah, fantastic watch. Um. But yeah, like that—that's—that's that's it. Like you know, they—they they launched their game as a PlayStation Plus game, but look at it now. Um, it's huge. If I'll uh, buy it again on Switch. Yeah, absolutely. I will buy it for the first time. Um, oh, that's true. Actually, buy it for the first time. I'll, I'll finally give. We have not paid money. Some of my money. We have not paid money for that yet to Psyonix. Um <laughs> I feel a, a bit bad about it, and that's why. Yeah, I, I mm. kind of like getting these, especially like a game like Just Cause. That feels like a good plus game yeah because it's like i probably wouldn't have bought that i've gone to no. a few times in sales i'm like yeah it looks like fun but no um i, I did buy fucking arkham knight and i've not played that barely <laughs> i paid like 25 dollars for it and i started playing it i'm like this is not fun unpopular Ooh, opinion you might make some enemies there i when a, that seems to be my thing at the moment i'm the heel of this podcast i'm the heel of dialogue <laughs> options like yeah, Arkham Knight sucks. Fuck you. Like that's that's my job. Um, no, I just didn't get into it. But yeah, I I, I definitely want to download Just Cause and give it a go. But I think yeah, that, that that's a good point. If you're raising that about maybe we should be the ones buying the indie games because we should probably support those those developers, especially like after talking to a lot of those in, like a lot of indie devs at PAX last year. Um. And just seeing how genuinely nice those people are and how excited they are for their games and for people to be interested in their games. Um, yeah, I I think my, my opinions have turned around. I've always like, you know, oh, a new little indie game, I'll play that. That sounds like fun. But I never even thought about the fact that maybe I should give them that $10. I mean, like I said, they might be they might get a decent cut from it. And I guess yeah. like it, it's also bound to be incredibly good promotion to be on that plus lineup. Yep. I mean, so, but maybe if they, this means they'll vary it up a bit more, like maybe one month you'll get like more AAA stuff or another month you'll get indie stuff, something like yep. that. So or mix them up a bit. Even if it was like high profile indie stuff, like, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like Stardew Valley, that sort of thing. Like I, that won't, but you know what I mean? Like that a game of that caliber. Um, yeah. There is a lot of people, it's on a lot of people's radars, but it is still, made by one person so you know anyway, um, my hope is that the extra money will go towards something like that yeah but i do worry that it's just going to go into sony's pockets <laughs> well yeah especially especially the way they're going at the moment yeah hey. yeah it's a it's alarming there's a really good gym acquisition out at the moment i i feel like we recommend stuff for people to watch but uh but there's good. a gym there's there's nothing better than I, I like I said last week I've been really enjoying watching a lot of like gaming documentaries it's been a lot of fun so yeah um 
and to get that sort of other perspective on things. And yeah, yeah, Jim Sterling is very good at what he does. Yeah, there's a gym acquisition up this week actually that touches on a lot of some of the a lot of the stuff that Sony's let onto the store. That he, he himself, as someone yeah. who has delved pretty into the dark depths of Steam Greenlight, yeah, he he's pretty confident in saying that some of the stuff wouldn't even get through on Steam Greenlight, and here it is on the PSN for sale. Yep. It's an interesting watch and sort of makes you wonder, if, like, Sony's just like, sure, put it in the store. Why not? Who cares? Yeah. Someone will buy it. That's more money for us. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I do, I just, I, you, you, I can sort of see it happening again with Sony. And it happens to everyone. I just it does. Hope it doesn't happen. Everyone just gets too big for their boots. And then, you know. When you're number one, like, it's, you're just like, yeah, I'm number one. Like, I'll sell my console the way I want to sell it. I <laughs> think, like, like, I, uh, the companies have been a lot more humble lately in terms of like the way that they like talk to each other for the most part. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of like good behavior on Twitter, but I don't know. It seems to be whenever that happens, there's always people going, "Oh, look at this! They're good friends mm-hmm. when they're competitors." Yeah, and then and then two weeks later, there's a story about like you know someone shit posting about the other, and it's like, oh fuck me. Um, yeah, it's it's like playground, like relationships and things like that. It's just it is. It Con- seems unnecessary. Just don't interest me. No, me neither. We like games in general. Games are fun. I don't just give a fuck games. where I get to play them. It's fine by me. Um, cool. All right, our last story this week comes out of Japan. Uh. Where Dragon Quest Eleven? Yes, my Dragon Roman Quest Eleven. Are, up to? Yes, my Roman numerals are terrible. Um, <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven sold over two million copies in two days. Yes, so that's Whew. across both the uh, so the the PS4 title over over the July twenty nine to thirty period. PS4 sold nine hundred fifty thousand plus units, mm-hmm. and the 3DS version sold about one point one. Plus million units. Oof, that is a lot in a two lot of days. <laughs> uh, like we were saying before, especially like you know, looking at those numbers, the 3DS is still king in Japan because people game on they they, they play video games on the go. Yeah, um, well, I mean, they also put out a special Dragon Quest themed PS4 and 3DS XL to coincide with the release. Right. So I'm assuming both of those hardware SKUs saw a particular a particularly healthy boost. Yeah, in Japan, um, this is not out of the ordinary for Japan. I mean, oh no, they the, love Dragon Quest. In the past, I'm pretty sure there've been like public holidays for releases of Dragon Quest games. Like it's that level of of insane. Um, Again, like when you see two million sales, like on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> it's like, oh god, that's nuts. But I mean, uh. It's, it's good news for them. It's good news for people in the West as well. It's coming here at some point. 2018. It is, it is, so that's partly why the story is here. Yes. Mostly to be like, hey, Dragon Quest XI sold insane in Japan. Also, Square Enix finally confirmed that it will be coming to the West in 2018 under the title Echoes of the Elusive Age. Ooh. Okay. Now... They haven't specified if it's going to be both the PS4 and 3DS version, or just the PS4, or just the 3DS, or if it'll even be a Switch version, which we still don't... We haven't seen yet. 
and it's been heavily suggested it's happening. Maybe Who that'll knows? be like when it comes out in the West that that'll be like a worldwide release for the the Switch version. I mean, I could see even maybe just putting out the PS4, a PS4 and a Switch version. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people. I know I am like neglecting my 3DS, unfortunately. Yeah. Look, um, I'll pull it back up for Metroid in September. Yeah. And then that might be it until maybe Persona Q2 drags me back to it. But yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah. But I'm assuming, yeah, there has to be a Switch version in the works. Again, it's been heavily suggested. We haven't seen it yet. They could be waiting maybe until the PS4 version and the 3DS version have their time. Maybe they'll show it at TGS. Who knows? There's a lot of possibilities. Before they can but, sell uh, another 16 million units. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, but the important takeaway is that Eleven is coming to the West in 2018. Mm-hmm. Dragon Quest fans rejoice! Huzzah! We haven't like they didn't bring across Ten because it was an MMO, and before that we've been getting mostly remakes. The last new entry was Dragon Quest Nine on DS, I think. I've uh, I've not played a Dragon Quest game ever. Neither have I. And, uh, um... I'm pretty keen for this to be my first. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. Uh... I have to see what it's going to be releasing up against, obviously. But um, yeah, I'm interested, especially if there's a Switch version. That that would that seems like a game I would play on my Switch and would be right at home there. Again, for me, any any time it's a JRPG, please just put it on Switch. Absolutely, just do it. Just do it. Absolutely, yeah. JRPGs on the Switch to have on the go, or I can sit on the couch, or in bed, or on the train, or in the bus, in the car. Like, sure, give it to me. That's the thing. Like the 3DS and the Vita both had a lot of good JRPGs, and I loved it. But I also sometimes wanted the option to play it on my TV. And you know what? The Switch does that, obviously. So just put your JRPGs on the Switch, please. Yes. But uh, yeah, look forward to that one. Please be excited. Please be excited, as Square Enix themselves have said in the past. Exactly. I felt that was applicable to say. So definitely. Um. Yeah. Good news. Should we move into some questions, Karen? Sure, should we got a, we got a few to get through? We do have a few to get through, and uh, cool. Let's uh, let's get it all going. First of all, we have from our very good friend Roger Gordes. Uh, he asks us, "What sort of games are you naturally good at, and what sort of games are you, what sort of games do you uh, are you absolutely do you absolutely suck at?" I think it's supposed to be. It was too, <laughs> but anyway, um, cool. That was copied directly from Twitter, so uh, I, you know that's that's on you, Broad. Sorry, no, 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 uh, no, no shit posting here. It's fine. Everything's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, games I'm naturally good at, um, off the top of my head, probably racing games and rhythm games. That's probably what I, what I would say for you. Yeah, um, that just uh, rhythm games click with me. Um, I guess being a DJ kind of helped. Actually, I think it was the other way around. I think the reason why I ended up be- being okay at DJing is because I played a lot of rhythm games, so I had it's, it's a, like you know, it, it's a cycle. It, it fed each mm. other. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> playing rhythm games made you better. Being a DJ, DJing made you better at rhythm games, and it just kept going and going and, it, and going. And being a DJ makes me money, so I can buy more rhythm games, which means I can get better at. If it, yeah. if it was more rhythm games out, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, Rock Band's getting a new season pass. <laughs> Oh, is it really? Yeah, I read. Oh. I saw it before. But I, let's not talk about it because I don't know the full story, but I saw in the news it's getting a new season pass for something. That's tempting to, for me to pick up a band 
set next time I see one on sale. It's a fun game. Mm, I love it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably what I'd say for me. What about you? I would say naturally good at. I mean, I would for safe often seem to be RPGs. Yeah, I would say uh, yeah, specifically JRPGs. I'd say I think that's your 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 jam, your bread and butter. And I, it's it's not technically a genre, but I was talking about it earlier. But Metroidvanias, yeah, yeah, really absolutely, getting inside those maps, getting to mm-hmm. do them inside out and back to front. Yeah. Anything to do with like backtracking and and using abilities and things, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, and I would say I'd probably say fighting games for you as well, particularly Smash. But I most other fighting games that I've played with you. You've been sort of naturally good at them. Um, things like Blaze Blue and stuff. Whoa, like, whoa. <laughs> but I, like, naturally, like, good. I'm not saying you're, like, MLG fucking esports legend, but, like, you know, you're competent. You can hold your own, and you can sort of pick up fighting games and go, all right, cool. I, like, things like Blaze Blue, which I still fucking... I have no idea. But... Uh, the key to winning at original Blaze Blue is, first of all, get, like, Calamity Trigger... Yeah, pick Jin. Jin, yeah, because Jin. Win. Generally, most of the things you do as Jin will result in a win. Yeah. So you, you can hear him say Jin win, and Jin you're fine. Win. No problem. Exactly. That's how that's how you win a calamity trigger. See, you know that I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I, I do now, but like you know, back then I didn't. Um, but yeah, things I suck at. RTS, real time strategy. I just, I'm not good at. And like like resource management and things like that stresses me out most of the time, and I just I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm not good at it, which is weird because I I like resource management board games like Catan. I fucking love Settlers of Catan, but when it comes to a video game and there's like things are happening constantly, um, I think I think you'd probably enjoy those sort of games more against other humans, right? Against AI, I can sort of see your point. AI, especially if it's a, a cheap AI, it can be frustrating as hell. Yeah, it's very true. Like, as Catan, for example, as a, as a tabletop board game, you're only ever playing against humans, which is presumably much more fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still played a lot of it on my phone. Like, I, I had the okay. app for ages, and I played quite a bit of it. Um, well, it was frust- it was fine. It was, it was frustrating, though, because you're right, because there were, like, points where the AI was super cheap, and it fucking drove me insane. But... <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I just I don't. They are not a game that I actively seek out. If I see it's an RTS, I usually check out pretty quickly. Uh, not because I think they're bad. It's just that I I don't. They're not for me. And generally, because I suck at them. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, and even turn-based strategy games to a to a degree. Um, I usually like. Have, every now and then I go through a phase where I, I get a hankering to play like a turn-based strategy game and then I play it and then I get to a point where I get really frustrated and I remember that's why I don't like playing turn-based strategy games and then I stop <laughs> and then the cycle again the cycle continues um, I'm hoping Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle is going to break that for me that's going to be my persona of turn-based strategy games I mean, it's Mario XCOM. I think if there's anything that's going to do it, it could be that. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I've got a good feeling about it. But they're probably the two off the top of my head. I would say. What about you? Uh, I like if I had to pick anything for something I'm not great at, I would honestly probably say shooters. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a good answer. Like, I'm not great like, at shooters either. I think we've gotten competent at Overwatch, but I don't mm-hmm. even know if I'd really classify that as, like, a traditional sort of shooter. Like, if I no. if I play a Battlefield or a COD, I'm boned. No, but something that requires, like, precision aiming, especially on console, like... Yeah. I feel like if I, you know, if and when I build, like, a PC and I get back into PC gaming, maybe I might get back into, like, shooters. Because back in the day, I used to love playing... Again, Unreal Tournament. I played a lot of that on my like old PCs and stuff like that. And I got okay with friends and stuff like that and playing against bots and just like practicing a lot just because I enjoyed it um, and like using the different weapons and all that stuff. But um, yeah, obviously mouse and keyboard is going to be the, the, the premier destination for that. But yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, I, I, I for someone such as myself who enjoys playing Battlefield, I sure die a lot. Oh yeah, and that's why I don't like playing Battlefield. <laughs> mm, we'll see how I, I go with Battlefront too. Anything else in particular, really? Yeah, that's 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 the biggest one that sort of sticks out to me. I'm just like, no, I definitely die a lot more than I should in a lot of those shooters. It's a thing. Overwatch. You're a pretty decent all rounder when it comes to games. Oh, like, man. yeah, no, it's because like, I, pl- I play too many. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, no, the, the, there's not, not there's not a lot where you'd sort of like check out and go no no thanks it's it's more like a case-by-case scenario in terms of like maybe a particular i, I guess you could say i suck at roguelikes <laughs> uh, true but that doesn't stop you from playing them i mean you played a fair bit of like rogue legacy and stuff like that didn't you i, I did yes yeah so you know you've had you've had your moments um yeah they they just like give me those bad those bad lucks and yeah, the bad rolls the bad rolls and i just get frustrated and i rage quit that's fine I feel like an elderly person at the pokies when I'm playing a roguelike. It's like, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm here, but it's been six hours and I can't stop. And like, I haven't achieved anything. But... I haven't achieved anything. That's it. I've lost, I've lost hours of my life on this. Uh, I don't, I don't get it anyway. Um, but they're fun. They are fun. They are fun. Fucking Binding of Isaac. And I'm going to buy it again on the fucking switch when it comes out. Cause I'm a stupid sucker that likes to punish myself. Um. Anyway, thank you for your question, Brod. That's very lovely. It's a lovely question. Didn't bring up any like seething feelings. We got to compliment each other. It's fine. Oh, we, we did. Got to pay it was good. Some compliments. I think that was really nice. That was really good. It was lovely. Um, if you want to hear more from Broderick, go and listen to the Hunting Seasons podcast, where he and Damask and some of their friends break down TV series one season at a time. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, go and check them out. It's really good. They they know their stuff. They're very, very good at what they do. Um, yeah, at the moment, they're doing all the Marvel uh, Netflix series uh, to get excited and pumped up for the Defenders. The Defenders. Does that mean they're going to do Iron Fist? I am assuming so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm just going to not watch it because I still haven't watched Iron Fist, but I'm going to just listen to them. Like talk about one it. episode, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. Oh, that seems to be the general consensus from a lot of people. Um, and it sucks because, is it Finn Jones? I really like Finn Jones. Yeah. He was incredibly good as Loras Tyrell in Game of Thrones. And yes. when he was Iron Fist, I was like, well, probably not who I would have picked to cast as Iron Fist, but I like this actor. Yeah, no, he he, he couldn't save it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but yeah, go go show Brod some love. Uh, Brod and Damask, they're lovely people. We have a lot of respect for them. 
And speaking of people we have a lot of love and respect for, Sean Kirkpatrick, staple and stalwart of the Dialogue Options podcast. He's almost like the unofficial third member. <laughs> Who just like, sort of like asks us questions yeah, in advance. <laughs> he's here like, you know, like by proxy, I guess. I don't know. It's like if you were having a conversation with someone and they were like, question, and then you answer like five hours later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They wrote you a letter and you answered <laughs> and it you, and, and you wrote speak one your back. Answer. Yeah. We're pen pals. <laughs> Sean's like our pen pal. It's our podcast oh. pen pal. There we go. That's it. I like it. Anyway, pen pal. <laughs> um, our podcast pen pal. Uh, yeah, of course, Sean, Sean designed all our uh, graphic design stuff. Um, he's incredibly talented. Look at his Do Instagram. Do a wonderful picture of us. He did. He did. It's fantastic. I love it. I've been meaning, I'm actually going to get it printed out and framed because I like it so much um, because it's very cool. Um, it is. Yes. Go and check out his work at Shawnee Boy Draws on, Shawnee Boy Draws on Instagram. Um it's all good stuff, and I think there's links there to all of his other portfolios and things as well. I need to get his portfolio link so we can actually say that on the show because I feel really bad every time we do it. <laughs> anyway, Sean, speaking of, you know, maybe not bad things, Sean asks us, who's your favourite video game villain? Oh, so many Loaded question. Very loaded question. Off the top of a- my... Could do yeah. a podcast about just this. That's very true. We we could do like uh, maybe on a slow week we should talk about villains in in video games. There are some good ones out there. There's some good ones off the top of my head. Probably I would say Glados. Um, yep. Just, it, she's she's great. She's narc like snarky. She's downright diabolical at certain points. Um, and menacing and funny and yeah. Uh, Ellen, Ellen McLean, isn't it? Does her voice? Yes. Yeah, she's sure fantastic mean, as well. Yeah. Um, and Handsome Jack for me as well from Borderlands. Um, Sur- surprisingly a good villain. The reason why I feel like he deserves more credit is just because I didn't expect it from a Gearbox game. Yeah, I didn't expect it from a Gearbox game. And the fact that they brought him back for two other games afterwards and I'm still... like, Only then was I, was I like, all right, maybe it's time to retire him now. I wasn't like, oh, fucking handsome Jack again, Jesus! Like, he has a a certain charisma that makes me go, yeah, more handsome Jack. I'm in, I'm in. I'll listen to you speak, handsome Jack. He's very handsome. Um, that's what I hear. No, he was, yeah. Again, he's funny and terrifying at certain points, and and just you know, had a horrible, horrible plan, and and did some horrible, horrible things that I'm not sure I'm okay with forgiving him for at all. But anyway. Um, there's a t- two off the top of my head. What about you, Karen? Joel, I could rattle off so many. I know. I know you so could. So I'll keep it simple. Yep. Hello, my name's Karen. I like to play RPGs. My two <laughs> obvious answers are Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, good call. I think needs no introduction because he is Sephiroth. And in do the same do vein... Do 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 do. <laughs> there we go. Same vein would probably be Kefka from Final Fantasy VI, everyone's nice. favorite lunatic clown, who poisons a lake to kill a like a camp or a village just because he can, just wow. because he can. That's um, yep. He's he's a crazy guy. Uh, he Final Fantasy VI, great game. He's a great villain, but like outside of those, there's so many you could pull from. Oh yeah, of course. I guess I don't know if you technically argue that they're a villain, but the boss. 
Yeah. In Metal Gear Solid 3. She's yeah. a villain, but not. But you don't find out the truth until the end. Yeah, yeah, question mark. Um, and then you I, get the mixed feelings about what you did. I think the Metal Gear se- series in general has some great villains. Yeah. Um, great I mean, casts of villains. Great like, as a, cast, As yeah. a whole. Ensemble. Villain yeah, ensemble. Yeah, that's the one. Um, what about Dark Link? Pretty cool yeah. fight. I guess it's a cool, cool it's a cool boss fight. Yeah. But so, as far as villains go, like it's not like, you know, the the, the main <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ganondorf who's gonna go to Zelda, I guess. Um I like Vars from Far Cry three. Yeah, he was like the big thing for Vars for me was I was when when his story wrapped up, I was like, Oh, there's more. Yeah, I know. Oh. Uh, I <laughs> I would have liked more Vars. Um yeah. I don't know. See, at the same time, I think he was there just long enough, and I was just surprised the game kept going afterwards. That's true, actually. That's a good point. Any more, he may have gotten a bit... I would have gotten sick of him, maybe. But, like, yep. the villain they introduced after Vars, I was like, yeah, no, I don't care, man. Well, also, no, I had Vars, like, whatever your deal is, don't care. Yeah, yeah, and he was so insignificant. He was literally there for a third of the game. Um, yeah. I just want to take this moment just to say that, Lauren, I agree with you. Far Cry 3 is a good game. I am on your side. Um, I mean, who's saying it's not a good game? Oh, you should listen to the OK Games podcast eventually when they have their... uh, They're having a... I don't know if you've heard about this. They're going to have a... um, I I heard about it in, like, one of the recent ones. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have it. I tried to instigate it this week as well by laying a question for them, but we'll see how that goes. Far Cry 3 is a good game. It is a good game, surprisingly. Far Cry 4 was sort of a nothing game. It was more of the same. It was was Far Cry 3 too. And I never played Primal, so... Um, yeah, but five, I'm interested in. Yep, I'm definitely interested in five. Um, what about what about the uh, just a good all rounded villain, Bowser? Everyone's favorite big bad turtle. Yeah, remember in Super Mario Sunshine when he was in a bathtub? I, I never played Sunshine. Oh, didn't? Oh, wow, mm. that was a weird game. Yeah, I want Final to. Bosses I him in like a big old bathtub. <laughs> yep. Cool, awesome. I can get behind that. I always got told that it was a bad game, that's why I never played it. So. I don't know, wasn't it? I, I, I think I may have been one of those people in the past, but it's one of those games that I think back on, I'm like, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great villains out there in, in games. It's, it's I, I do feel like normally you're going to pull them from the narrative games because that's usually where they're more fleshed oh, out. Of course, better, yeah. Better fought up. And that's why I was like, well, RPGs, huh? Oh, mm-hmm. there's, there's so many you could pick from. Yep, I mean, like you look at, Maybe not four, like, spoiler alert here for Persona 4, if you've not played it. <gasps> uh, fucking... You're not going to reveal the killer's identity as Adachi, are you? Oh, no. Um, yeah, Adachi was, it was, it was, it was a serviceable villain. Um, I think, especially in Golden, where you, where you get to actually engage in his social link and you get yeah. a bit of an insight to his character... Definitely helps him. In Persona 4, he wasn't a social link, I'm pretty sure. Like the right. OG one. To be fair, so, I didn't really socialize it with him that much. Oh, okay. So. That sort of gives you more of an insight into his character. And you sort of... Right. You learn more about him, and I think that makes him more interesting as a villain. Okay. Uh, but, I don't know. Do, do we... Do we? Does anyone know who the villain in Persona 5 is? <laughs> uh, all right. We'll keep it very brief. Skip ahead like 30 seconds. Sp- this is your spoiler warning for Persona 5. If you haven't played it, <laughs> fucking play Persona 5. If you're, listening to, if you're listening to our podcast and you haven't played Persona 5, 
how are you still listening to us? Um, I don't understand it. it. But you are, you're eating we up do. another time, Joel. Okay, so. Uh, uh, all, I, all I want to yeah. say is Shido as like the final boss, not the final end game boss. There's obviously a big oh, mysterious boy. boss past him. Amazing. But Shido felt pretty real as a, like a politician as a she, boss. Shido felt the, too real, yeah. In an era where, where we live like this, like mm-hmm. having a politician as a boss, I was like, oh. That oh, basically would is... stop at nothing to, uh, to, to for his own personal yeah. gain. Yeah. To achieve yeah. his goals for, yeah. and what he wanted to do with the country and how he, could, how he saw the country. It was just like, mm. oh. Huh. Yeah, it oh. was. That, <laughs> that's why I think that game was like hit home like so much more as well for me. It's just that it's just too real. A lot of the stuff in that game is just like, wow, this is sort of stuff we're dealing with. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> okay. Come back to us now. It's fine. The, the Persona yes. 5 spoilers are gone. Um, uh, trying cool. to think of like non-RPG villains, though, that I really dig. Uh, I Again, I don't know if you consider her the villain villain of that game, but Nadine in Uncharted, 3, Uncharted 4 was pretty I, cool. Yeah, even Rafe was pretty... Like, yeah, he was okay, I guess, I, for a I, spoiled rich kid. I Yeah, exactly. I hated him enough, so I guess he evoked some sort of emotion in me. Oh, what's the name of your... Oh, Flynn in Uncharted 2, who turns on oh, you. Oh, <laughs> that's a better one. Flynn was... Oh, Flynn. Flynn was a slimy little bastard. There's a guy above you. There's a guy above you. Um, there's a guy below you. There's a guy below you. <laughs> so good. Um, then he fucking stabs you in the fucking... <laughs> he betrays you. Motherfucker. Anyway... Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's so many. Lot. Like I said, work. We could probably hash out a full podcast just on. We we, we might baddies. even do that down the track. I think it's it's probably not a bad idea to talk about like bad guys and and I don't know controversial moments in gaming. Even maybe we could like lump all that together. We'll have a bit of a like a controversial episode. Ooh, we'll get maybe. Let's put get, put on the cards. <laughs> get some 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 hot takes. Get some, some hot, hot takes are the best sort of takes. Hot takes with maple syrup. Um. Anyway, thank you, Sean, for your question. God damn it, Joel. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, I bet you are. Yeah, I am. I'm so proud. Uh, and finally this week, we have a question from David Plata. Uh David is a writer for a good friend of ours as well, but also he writes for The Game Corner, uh, a gaming news website. Um, they do a lot of entertainment stuff as well, I've noticed. They're doing some really cool shit over there. Um, go and like their Facebook page, like them on Twitter. It's The Game Corner. Um, they're really, really cool, and we like them. And I think they like us, so... I hope they like us. Thumbs up. I hope so, too. <laughs> Dear Diary. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> David simply asks us, what's more important, gameplay or story? I say simply, but uh, maybe not so simple, but... I think it's. I'm sorry, Joel. I think it is pretty simple, though. I don't know. I, I it depends on me. It depends on the game. If I'm going into like, you know, an arcade mobile game, I'm not expecting like a good storyline. But then if there is one there, great. That's all good. Um, if the gameplay mechanics are hold up enough, like Binding of Isaac, perfect story, perfect example. Um, like the story is there. It's fucked up. It's it's super fucked up, but. It's not important. I couldn't rattle it all off to you, and I honestly don't care. The, the gameplay is so tight, and I, that's why I like playing that game, is because I like playing the game. Um, whereas if you turn around and say something like Gone Home, which doesn't have very many gameplay mechanics to it whatsoever, but that narrative, I 
after I sat down and played it in one session and I had, you know, had some, some very manly tears at the end of it. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I think it's contextual. Like it's, it depends on the situation for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, I do agree to a certain degree, obviously there are examples where, uh, for the earlier Uncharted games, those stories were pretty good. Yep. The gameplay was serviceable. Yep. Like it didn't blow me away. I was kind of like, okay, here's another segment when I sort of hide behind walls and shoot people. Bang, 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 bang. There oh, yes, a, cutscene, characters, yes, yes. There was a significant... The yeah, there was a significant... They've gotten better. Yeah, increase in the... Even from one to two, like two's... Yeah. Yeah, very, But very those good. early days were sort of rough. But I... I'll, in the grand scheme of things, if I look at gameplay or story, I do think gameplay is more important, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, actually, like, it is a game. Cause it, if it's video it's, games. Yeah, exactly. If it's a good story... Then it, you know, what you just be a movie, like you just watch it. Yeah, or like an you anime, know? or just a series, or yeah, something exactly. like that. Like we, there are probably better ways to consume that story. Yeah, um, I think it got, I haven't played it yet, and I'm sort of very close to buying it. But something like Pyre, from what I understand, like that seems to me like you could take away every like narrative element of that game and release it as it is, and it'd be like a. Ah, this is a cool sort of like weird sports game, um, but the fact of the matter is that it has a storyline that I've heard is really fucking good. Um, I mean, it's super giant, so I expect nothing less from that. They do but, good shit. Yeah, exactly. But they just uh, do. But yeah, like you know, but the gameplay mechanics that you could take that everything out, like narrative wise, away from it, and that's still going to be able to work. From what I understand, anyway, this is without me playing it whatsoever. So feel free to correct me. Uh, anyway. From what I've heard as well, like Pyre is very visual novel, mm-hmm. like in some manner, and like that sort of leans towards a good story in a game, mm-hmm. where like sometimes maybe that story would be better served somewhere else. Again, not specifically in Pyre's like scenario, but there are visual novel games where you're like, wow, this is a cool story. Wish there was a better way to get it than just clicking through text boxes <laughs> right yeah exactly like you know it just feels like you're reading a book then essentially which exactly. is not a bad not thing like, there's nothing wrong with that not, but um just not laid out like a book which can be annoying and sort of break no. up a bit it's uh but like again the persona games are sort of visual novelish and they work really well and i don't care so it's again yeah mm. it does come down to and like case you know, by case basis uh, had it been my only knowledge been of like you know the series of me playing Persona 4 Golden I would totally agree with you but the fact that Dungeon Crawling in 5 was so much fun and so varied and it felt exciting to go into a palace every time yes but there it's you, there are definitely sometimes multiple days in a row where you are just clicking through text boxes I loved it but like mm. oh absolutely yeah the visual novel side of that game is still very present yeah it, it balances it out nicely though i think that's sort of the difference for me with persona because normally i would i like something like that would make me check out pretty quickly sometimes but it was just, just too good to not so. see for me it helped with persona 5 everything was so stylish oh so yeah. even the visual novel stuff i was like it looks amazing i don't care yeah everything was yeah presented look well. at their faces <laughs> um yeah so i think you're right that gameplay is probably the most important thing um, like, I think if having... you, like gun to your head, like I think gameplay. Yeah, but I like, think so. Case by case, there are there are examples of both scenarios. 
Mm. For example, actually, The Last Guardian for me, like story okay. in that game, that's the hook. The gameplay, I can see if people don't like it. Yep. It's sort of clunky, very PS2-ish. But the visual presentation man, of that game on a yeah, regular PS4. That story, though, oh, I loved it. I, I loved that. that. makes me sad because I wanted to experience that, but I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't get past. So that's sort of like a flip side. Yeah. No, that's, so that's, like, a, that's a good yeah, one, actually. It varies by games. But yeah. if I had to choose gameplay. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, yeah. Good question, Dave. Thank you very much. So, yes, like I said, go and check out The Game Corner. Doing some really cool stuff over there. Show them some love. Tell them we sent you. Oh, boy, Karen. I think that's an episode. It's time to wrap it up. I think so. Let's do it. Alrighty then, as always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dialogue Options. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to catch us on the social medias, you can like us on Facebook, where we are just Dialogue Options. You can follow us on Twitter, at Dialogue Options. You can shoot us off a little email to dialogueoptions at gmail.com if you've got questions or topics you want us to discuss or games we should play. Uh... If you listen, to, or if you like whatever podcast app or service of choice you use, whether it be iTunes or Podbean or anything else, it always helps if you give us a little review. If you can, a thumbs up, five stars, yep. write something, share us around, it helps. Yes, please. Tell everyone to listen to us. Tell your friends, yes. shove it in their face and go, listen to these people, they are good. Maybe don't shove it in their face, like, ears are generally where audio goes, that's just me, though. No, you can absorb it through, like, your, like the resonation <laughs> through your skull, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be very effective uh, sure why not uh, individually if you want to follow us you can find me at LemonManX on Twitter uh, this week I've been tweeting about Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> I think I think last week I had already discussed if certain things happened this week to yep to pull one out for me and I hope everyone pulled one out for me yep uh, it, it sucked it was rough but it also was... I had been ranting about how, how unhappy I was with how High Garden looked because it was wrong but whatever yep and then I've just been tweeting gifts and getting hyped of a persona the last 24 hours yeah uh, nice. where can they find you Joel? they can find me everyone can find me at Jolly Mac uh, where I've been tweeting uh, about stuff I've been watching basically I'm just tweeting at Stephen Subtick saying that he made me cry in the last like the season finale of uh of the uh, Sugar Pine 7 alternative lifestyle videos, which, oh boy, if there is something, if you want to watch something that's a little bit different, uh, go and check out uh, Sugar Pine 7 on on, on YouTube. Um, you'll either love it or you'll hate it, basically. Seems to be Seems the way be, things uh, go. Like the two sides. Yeah. It, the way, the, the, probably the best way to describe it, he describes himself as alternative lifestyle videos. Uh, I would say that if, if Arrested Development was like a vlog, that's what the videos would be like. There's like a narrative running through it, which just culminated at the end of like their first season, essentially what they've said. Um, and yeah, made me cry. Uh, and also I watched uh, Kind of Funny Live 3 this week on uh, on YouTube. The video finally went up. Uh, and it's three and a bit hours of really, really fun goodness. It ends in like a, uh, the Kind of Funny World Championship, which ends up being like a, like a, a wrestling tournament um like, so, like not actual wrestling but like you know people come out like one person wins the championship and then another person comes out and challenges them to it and it's it's very much like wwe style uh it's very funny um so if you want something just have it on the background it's a, it's a good watch 
Um, and those guys are a good good value. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. And getting hyped about Persona as well. Oh, Persona. It, oh is, it is our lifeblood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Uh, but as always, we'll let our wonderful theme song by Azure Flux Strike, which is Get Bitches Take Us Out. Yes. And we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,